It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is up, guys? What's going on? Another live stream Monday from Real Bucks Talk. And we're going to go over the Bucks bi-week situation. What are we going to look at moving forward? But we got a real good special guest, Robert Green from The Outside Leverage, on with us to discuss all things Buccaneers. So, Robert Green, what's going on with you? Oh, uh, man. Just happy to be here. Happy to be talking to a fellow Bucks fan about some Buccaneer business that's coming up. It's the bi-week. Oh, I'm sorry. We're just coming off of a bi-week whole lot of stuff to talk about a whole lot of shaking up in the nfl especially in the nfc man uh it's gonna be an interesting second half for the tampa bay buccaneers and their fans yeah i mean the outlook of it we're six and two everyone's thinking okay we're gonna go on the same trajectory we had after last year right after the bye week it just go on that run until the playoffs and it just kept going and we won the super bowl i mean even Lashawn mccoy is on that bandwagon of Tom Brady in November, December, January. He just does it. And we'll talk about Tom Brady and everything later. But, I mean, that's this is good, I guess, hype for the Buccaneers. But I, I like to always look a little deeper. What's the real talk about it, right? Um, but go ahead. You were going to say? Yeah, yeah, man. It's, uh, that's, that's been like the hot topic or, you know, the, the popular narrative looking back at the 2020 season and where we stood with the Bucs uh, coming off that bye week. Uh, somehow, I don't know why, I'm not sure why it's gone that way because somehow, some way, people have forgotten that we only had four games left after the bye last year. Like, we had the latest bye of all the, in, in the entire NFL. We had four games left, and all of those games were against some of the worst defenses in the NFL. Um, it's a completely different story this year, man. We, I mean, completely different team. Um, Offensively, we still look the same. Um, but again, the competition that we have coming up for the remainder of the season, we have twice as many games as as we did last year after the bye. So it's gonna be it's some stiff competition, man. It, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting ride. And I don't think anybody should be dialed in onto what happened last year being a repeat. Um I we'd love it as Bucks fans, but I don't I don't think we should I don't think we should just put our hat on, try to hang our hat on what happened last year, repeating. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone has high hopes, right? Every everyone, the dream is okay. We got the Super Bowl coming up again. That's where we need to be in come January. But let's see, there's still a whole long path, like you just said, plenty of games left. We'll go over those games. But the biggest thing they needed this week, why? Because of injuries. So let's address that monkey in the room or elephant in the room, whatever the hell you call it. Let's look at this, <laughs> right? Bucks pushed by injury list stars still marked by uncertainty, but you, there's some good news. SMB back to practicing, Scotty Miller practicing, uh, but you don't see is AB still in the boot. Rob Gronkowski still not practicing because of his back spasms. Carlton Davis still in IR. I mean, you got some good news with this. I mean, a lot of people think our secondary is trash, but it is what it is. And then Scotty Miller, yeah, we need someone to come back and fill that void of AB, but what do you think about these injuries and how big is a SMB coming back to the secondary if he can? Yeah. Well, Sean Murphy Bonnet coming back is, uh, I mean, it's definitely good news uh, for us Bucks fans. It's definitely good news because you get to see if he continues his trajectory that he had during the playoff run. Sean Murphy Bonnet had 
probably the best playoff run. Damn near probably of any Buccaneer on the roster. Uh, a lot of the year he struggled coming off of an injury. So it was up. He had ups and downs the entire year or after week three, I believe it was. And he just struggled. So you never knew what you were going to get with him. Then that final couple of weeks came, came in going into that playoff run and Sean Murphy Bonding was showing up in every single game in a big way. So it's good that we'll, it's good that we'll get him back, but you still have to try to guess how long it's going to take for him to get back to that end of the year, uh, the end of the year status that he was playing at that, that level that he was playing at the end of the year, you got to see how long it takes for him to get to that because you also you're also trying to gauge what which one you get. Are you going to get the Sean Murphy Bunning that struggled from week three through week uh, 13 or whatever, whatever it was? Or are you going to get him at his playoff elite level that he was playing in? And, and, and I hate to use that word elite, but he was playing at the highest level of any any player on any team, I thought. Like, he was making plays everywhere. He, he made a name for himself in the playoffs, and that's exactly what good players do. And those big high pressure moments, and he was doing just that. So you have to see, you have to see exactly how long it takes for him to get back to that state. Yeah. And um, and you also you also want to see if if he falls off. I mean, it's kind of unfair to 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 judge him at his highest and then see how long it takes for him to get you know from his lowest because it's been eight weeks now since he's not played football. So. We'll see how long it takes for him to get back, but that's a that's a big get if the Bucks get him back to his um to his his playoff level of, of, of football yeah jumping off what you're saying i mean you got a guy that three interceptions or three games in a row with an interception washington football team saints packers and didn't get one in the in the super bowl but got damn near close to it but yeah. still i mean first game gets hurt may have been looking may have looked a little rusty at first but it was a first game everyone's a little has a little rust that first game yeah or you can't get too mad at him no, no, he, he again, man, he he did really well for himself. He became an irritant to every receiver he covered, including the number one receiver. And if, even if he was playing zone, he became an irritant to Michael Thomas. He became an irritant to whoever it was that he was covering, and he 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 affected him in a way that whatever that clown is from uh from New Orleans that's always in everybody's face. He he basically became that guy. He became. He became a Josh Norman to people. He he was a thorn in people's sides, and that and that's super important. And he did it again at the biggest stage of his career in the playoffs. And another huge thing that moves Ross Cockrell away from the nickel corner position, and a lot of teams been just literally pinpointing him as a as a weakness, and they've been attacking it. I mean, he is what he is. He was cross training yeah. at safety, so that's something probably I would like to see him move over to. Then Richard Sherman, hopefully he's coming back too. So the secondary, just with that one addition, possibly two with Richard Sherman, could get a huge uplift. And I I think any Buck fan would be happy about that. Oh, most definitely, man. Uh <laughs> I saw a uh I saw a meme earlier this week or last week, I apologize. Um, where it was a <laughs> former Buccaneers player that slowly transformed. You've seen those pictures where it goes from one quadrant, like four photos, and it goes like each quadrant like transforms from one player yeah. to, to something else. It went from Vernon Hargraves to Ross Cockrell. It <laughs> was the most perfect, terrible meme that I laughed at as a Bucks fan. I shouldn't have laughed at it. Uh, Ross Cockrell, if most of us Bucks fans remember, he was like the talk of training camp. It was so much talk about about him and what he was doing, the transition from cornerback to being a safety, how well he was playing. And I, 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 I laughed then. I was like, we know how training camp goes. We've seen some, we've seen some training camp superstars in Tampa Bay's yeah. history recently, especially, and it doesn't really go that way in the season. But uh, again, Ross Cockrell has been a solid player. He's he's he struggled uh, the few weeks that he's had to play. Um, but again, he's a Bucks. He's a Bucks player, so we're rooting for him. But yeah, he's he's been getting the VH three treatment for sure. It's what they're asking him to do too. I mean, yeah. only ask a guy to do too much with, with his ability. So let's see, put him in a more favorable position. But uh, well, something I did laugh at was someone was wondering if we could bring back Hargraves. And I'm like, VA is the guy that got rid of him. So I, they, in my mind, there's no chance in hell. But hey, I, I don't know. I don't know what was your opinion on that, <laughs> man. If, if listen, and I love Vernon Hargraves. I loved him as a college prospect. 
I right. thought he was I, I I didn't think he was as terrible as some Bucks fans uh believed he was. Um but yeah, man, he he was not he was yeah, his his return to Tampa, I hope, is something I don't get to see unless he's coming to um unless he's working at the stadium. I don't need to see Vernon Hargraves in a in a Bucks uniform. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hundred percent agree. And then, so let's, let's defensive injury. So offensively, you got Scotty Miller coming back. Ronk, you never know with his back spasms. A.B. still in the damn boot, even though he's riding a damn bike. With the yeah. I don't know if you saw that. I <laughs> but, saw that. <laughs> but. I saw that. It was fun. I mean, you know, he's trying, I guess. He's trying. I don't know who his photographer was or why he let that photo get out or who took that photo. Maybe it was some pa- uh, pedestrian, not pedestrian, but maybe somebody else who was just in a passenger car. Uh, you know, but he's working. I mean, you can you can wear a boot and actually ride a bike and so forth and get yourself back in shape. That's super important. If we go back and look at what Vita Vea, what he endured when he broke his ankle, that was one of the things that he was able to do was actually do uh, bike exercise. Mostly, I think he said it was stationary bike, but you know, just keeping your leg moving and keeping yourself in shape, that's necessary. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Brown, I don't need to see Brown being rushed back. Uh, I, for one, and I, this may be a little bit controversial for some fans, I, for one, feel like Tyler Johnson can put up just as much. He, he can do just as much as what you saw Antonio Brown do last year, and that helped the Bucks come in and, and, you know, and make that playoff push. When you have Mike Evans, you have Chris Godwin as super number one and number two wide receivers. Your third re- your third wide receiver don't need to be a number one. He can be a solid number two, and that's what Tyler Johnson can be. Tyler Johnson is, for me, is a guy who plays very much like Chris Godwin. He can catch the ball, and he has, like, run after the catch. I'm sorry, run after catch ability. And, he, and that's really big, and that's something that, that Tom Brady and offense really needs. So there's no need to rush back in Antonio Brown as if Antonio Brown was 100% like a need for this team. It, it wasn't a need when, he, when they signed him, and in my opinion. But, again, good player, a lot of ability, but Tyler Johnson is a guy who I love to see get his opportunity. He, he has not disappointed one bit. I'm 100% with you on that. I think Plus was here. Oh, and guys, if you guys are wondering where Plus is at, he's enjoying his youth and his singleness, and he's enjoying. I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen. He's he was with uh, with old Gene from Buck What You Heard in Arizona, enjoying his his time, just enjoying the sights, I guess. But he's taking his little sweet time to get back. But this is good news. We get Robert Green on the show talking some different perspectives and stuff. But um, I agree with you with the Tyler Johnson. That dude is just an opportunity away from actually like blowing up. I mean, the Mickey miss he had and against the Saints there and just his route running, his ability to make you think he's doing one thing and do another. I mean, it, I think he truly is like that an opportunity away from being not the dude, like a number one, but a serviceable two, if not a sure as hell great slot guy because his shippiness is something to, that really stands off on tape. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, there's no knock on Antonio Brown as a player. Uh, as a player, we know Antonio Brown has been one of the best in the league for a lot of his time in, in the league. So he's a damn good dude. Damn, sorry, damn good player. Uh, he's a personal person. That's a completely different story for me. But as a player, that dude that dude is a threat, and he, and he always has been. But, again, when you have Michael – we have Mike Evans and you have Chris Godwin on that field. Tyler Johnson can do just as much, cause just as much damage as any other wide receiver that's on the roster. And that is that that includes Antonio Brown. 100%. Because of this, I got to bring it up because we talked to Antonio Brown. We don't really need him, right? Tyler Johnson, just a serviceable. I know people probably be like, don't talk about this, but we got to. It's big news. Bring him on in. What about this guy? Brown's officially placed wide receiver Odell Beckham on waivers, and he passed. He, he's he's a free agent. He's free think, to go wherever you want. I think that's tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think it's uh, Tuesday. Tuesday becomes a uh, – I think it's Tuesday. It's officially becomes a, an, a, yeah. a free agent. Am I wrong? Tuesday at 4. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so 
and when it comes to oh, man, listen, we you can never say never, right? Because at one point there was never Antonio Brown was never going to be in the Bucks locker room because it was too much diva. Remember when our coach said that? Oh yeah. And then all it took was one person who said allegedly one person who came in and said, "Hey, I think otherwise," and all of a sudden, hey, Bucks are signing Antonio Brown again, unnecessary. 100% necessary. Why would you need him? Uh, I mean, why would you throw another obstacle out there? It, and we just talked about Tyler Johnson. I just talked about Tyler Johnson and what he can do. You're basically delaying the you're, you're delaying the progress of, of a possibly high productive player by trying to by trying to re, get a retread. And that's exactly what what Odell Beckham would be. He would be a retread. He'd be a, he'd be another, uh, a reclamation, another reclamation project trying to make him, you know, trying to get back to his status to, as to what he was when he was in New York for a few years. I, I don't see it. I don't think the Buccaneers necessarily need it. I, I apologize. I 100% believe the Buccaneers do not need him at all, but could he be on the roster? You can, at this point, you can never say never because we've seen things that allegedly would never happen happen in Tampa. So, yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. Who the hell thought Tom Brady would come? Then who the hell thought Gronk would get out of retirement and come on over here? Who thought Leonard Fournette would get cut and we decide to be a Buccaneer? Then A B. How the hell did all this happen? We don't know. It yeah. just started happening. Would yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. being on the Bucks be in freaking insane? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And still, like, imagine it's like four number ones, four pot potential guys that could be. I don't, I don't want to throw this around like it's just a, throwing it out there, but Hall of Fame type guys. Because Chris Godwin still has a long career to go. Yeah. But I mean, those are four number one guys. That'd be insane. I, it's not going to happen. I, I'm, I'm going to say this: it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's scary. It, it would be so. It would be. I mean, we're basically playing. The Buccaneers would basically be playing like a video game, which is uh, we're already at that level anyway. If you look at it, we, it's this video game level, ultimate team foolishness, uh, where it goes down and, and what it goes down and and you know when it comes to the financials and everything, it would piss. I don't know how it worked, but it would piss a lot of people off to see Odell Beckham, you know, with a winning team or a team that uh, you know supposed to win and go high into the playoffs. It would be crazy, but how do you? It's only one football, though. There's only one football to go around. How do you satisfy everybody? We've seen in several instances uh, with players that were on the Buccaneers roster, like Deshaun Jackson. You've seen his his reaction to you know personal stats or what some people think of you know his personal agenda to be you know to get a bunch of stats for himself and and how that works. You've seen it in Tampa. You've seen it now with his with his moving on, and and uh, allegedly at one point it was supposed to be Oakland. But you've seen him move, remove himself from Los Angeles Rams, who are contender, and you you kind of see that. You you kind of wonder whether or not Odell Beckham Jr. has that same mentality, where it's all about his stats and it's all about his status more than it is about winning. And when you got a team like the Buccaneers, where you have again repeating. Two of the best wide receivers you can possibly have on the roster with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Everybody else can be and probably should be third, fourth option. Where does where would he or anybody else fit? He doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, I just it's just a crazy thing to think about. It's and, and I guess the Browns are paying him, so he doesn't nearly need to get that much money. So yeah, I think they're paying. Uh, I think seven million of it of uh, the remainder of his contract, and then. Something I forget what the, what the other details were in that, but it, it's stupid regardless. But I mean, yeah. but but it, but does that not continue the does that not continue the the legacy that Bucks fans? It probably, I don't know. I don't follow a whole other. I don't follow uh, any other fan base. But every time there's a free agent, it, it becomes a deal. No matter what, no matter what era we're in, it's like well, the Bucks can use them. Like, yeah. well, oh, is that a good player? Bucks probably get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if he end up on the Bucks? Tom Brady's still on the Bucks. Yeah, they'll probably get him. Nah. But, but that's it. They they want to follow a winner. I mean, who doesn't? Right. Right. And so that's what. That's what I think we've all wanted, right? We wanted it. We wanted to be be rooting for a team in which other players wanted to play for, no matter what. And I mean, that's and that's where we are. 
as annoying as it may be to try to entertain every single free agent that may possibly come up. So here we are. Consider yourself lucky if the Bucks pick you. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that like five years ago. Yeah. But, uh, let's continue on. Let's let's look at the actual schedule. So next on the docket is who? The Washington football team. So Washington. So I mean tough defense. We've beat them before. But like literally backup quarterback. I mean, a lot of people think it's just a how do you say this? It? Just not not an easy schedule, but kind of get you through to get to the playoffs schedule. But you have a different perspective. What what, what is your point on this one? I do. Real quick, just uh speaking on the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Washington football team is who we have coming up next on Sunday, uh one o'clock game. So right now the Washington football team is doing terribly where people thought they would be excelling. Uh, That defense was supposed to be, again, a repeat of what it was last year, which was, uh, I think they were uh, number 13 ranked defense when it comes to points allowed. Uh, They they were a tough defense last year. That's not the case whatsoever this year. Um, Going into Sunday's game, that team is ranked number 30. They like the 32nd ranked team dead last when it comes to yards in the passing game. And when the Bucks have played a team who's been terrible in pass coverage, Tom Brady and that offense passing wise have gone at least Tom Brady has thrown it for at least 350 yards. I believe in just about every game that we played when they had like a lower ranked uh, offense. I'm sorry. Yeah. Passing defense. So, you can expect fireworks. You can expect to see the ball flying all around on in, in that game. Don't expect the same so much for the for the defense when it comes to I'm sorry, I don't expect the same for the for the Russian game. Expect to see almost a repeat of what we saw against New Orleans when it comes to Leonard Fournette, if Leonard Fournette is going to be the lead back. Um so that I mean that's that's one thing. That, that's that's crazy. Uh but I think the overall talk that you and I were talking about prior to going on to the podcast was looking at the, the defenses that the Bucks have, have been facing and what they got coming up. Um, we talked about the buy and coming off of the buy and how, how teams and how, I'm sorry, how fans have kind of looked at the, the buy and what we stood last year and what we stand this year. Last year, the Bucks had a late buy. The Bucks had a late buy. We had, we came, we had a buy in week 12. So we had four games left. And they were against three really, really weak defenses. We had the Vikings, we had the Detroit Lions, and we had the Atlanta Falcons twice. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, that, that that was those were bad, bad defenses. I mean, as far as points allowed, the Vikings were like 29th. The the Lions were 32nd. Yeah. The Falcons, we played twice. They were 19th when it comes to points allowed. But you're looking at their pass defenses, all those guys. Minnesota Vikings, 25th. 25th ranked. Uh, Detroit Lions, 30th. Atlanta Falcons, dead last, 32nd. Those are like tune-up games. Tune-up games. Like, I mean, those are, those are, those are easy games for an offense that was still up and down last year. A team uh, that was com- that was just based on passing the ball, dead. I mean, just hell bent on passing the ball, and then you loaded with so much talent. Even though we had a few injuries, with so much talent in the past game, it was just a free fall when it comes to to us just being able to throw the ball around. This year, I think we got four teams that's going to be. We got four of the remaining opponents. They are like top ten defenses today. Carolina's one of them, I, even though I think Carolina's a bit of a fluke, as we've seen them go from week three to uh, – we've seen them go from week three to to now losing, I believe, five of the last six. I mean, I every, yeah, I mean, that, that was just – everyone kind of knew that was going to drop off. Yeah. This offense isn't there. Then McCaffrey getting hurt, it kind of summed it up right there. Right. So you got you got those guys coming in. Um, and again, I'm kind of just speaking on the, on the defense of yeah. these teams, but but that's kind of where that's that's where the the concern comes with me is our offense versus the defenses that are coming up. Uh, the Giants' defense, I mean, they're they're like 18th ranked when it comes to points allowed. They just beat the Raiders too, 
and they just beat the Raiders. That's so they had the Chiefs at at what um, Kansas City. Yeah, almost beat them there in Arrowhead. So yeah. I mean, this is this is not like you just said, and they almost beat the crap out of us. That what was it Sunday Night Football last year? Yeah. So I mean, they're like you just said, like defensively, and the Colts just beat the crap out of the Jets. I know, but still, Carson Wentz looking pretty good. Jonathan Taylor running the ball, Michael Pittman Jr. catching. I mean, these three aren't as easy as you think it is. No. I know Washington, like you just said, like dead last against the pass. So we should light it up, but we'll see. This pass rusher still kind of scare me. But yeah. I mean, after that, we'll see. There's a whole long road. Uh, Atlanta, I still think we should stomp them. But still, there's a whole lot of areas here where it could be fearful of injuries, to be honest. It's true. True, true. Andrews is, is a, I mean, Andrews are a huge concern for us, especially when on our defensive side. Uh, but something I want to, I want to pause and, and bring up, man. And this, this is going to be a super negative for a lot of, for a lot of fans. And I understand uh, it, but hear me out on this. Since Bruce Aarons has arrived in Tampa, whether we've had Tom Brady or not, Tom, off, offensively, our offense has been absolute has, have been pretty much has been terrible. It has been terrible whenever we play any defense What's that? that's average or above. Full clip. Any team that has an average or above defense has found a way to stifle the bugs for at least a half. Check check the record. Just go back and look. Huh? Uh the I hate to say it. I mean, I'm a Bucks fan. I'm a Bucks fan, obviously, but I just got to be complete honest here. Any team that has a defensive coach who, who has some kind of tact, who has some kind of squad they can put together, has given Bruce Arians and Leftwich and Tom Brady now has given them hell. Like, and it's not been fun to watch. And I know it's hard for a lot of fans to say, well, how can you complain about an offense that puts up all these numbers? How can you complain about an offense that just won a Super Bowl? Yada, yada, yada. Do some, do a little bit of uh, some more deep work into that, man. Look at, look at the team that we played and look at how the Bucks went on and went on their streak last year. It was predicated on the defense. Um, the offense, obviously, is potent as any, the, should be the most potent offense in the league. Hands down. But when you look at what is on this offense, even with the injuries to Gronkowski and to Antonio Brown, this is still the one of the most potent offenses in the league. But look at the team when they play against anybody who has a defense that's worth a damn. And it's bad. Just look back at our – I mean, we have to go back and just look at the, the previous game against the Saints. Even without Antonio Brown – this offense still looked terrible. Offense, the offense just, there's no reason why this offense should just put up seven points in a game. I'm sorry, in a half. Yeah. Not even getting to the point where we can kick field goals. It's bad. Like that's, that's, that's show you how, how, that show you how, number one, how our offense just comes in and just try to line up and do whatever they want to do rather than coming up with a game plan to go against a specific team. Uh, and, and it's been, it's been recurring. It's been recurring since Bruce Arians has been there, and it's been something I've said, and it's been proven true since he's come here, and that's with or without Tom Brady. I mean, so I agree to some extent, like because even look in the past, like when the Cardinals couldn't beat the Panthers, they got stomped by Cam Newton and the Panthers twice in a row, back to back, and they were trying to go in there to do great during the season, and then losing the playoffs before getting to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm looking at it from this standpoint. I mean. It's 11 guys working together to make one common goal. Even against the Saints, how many times did we go on drives where it just shit the bed because of a penalty, an interception, or a fumble? And, like, a lot of that was on Tom. Tom isn't perfect. He's got to clean shit up like any player does, whether it's Flags, Donovan Smith, or anyone. I'm just singling him out because he had one big holding that ruined one drive against the Saints. I mean, I agree and I don't agree just because when they are clicking, no one can stop them. It's true. They, they are that damn good. You can't stop them. But that's the thing. Everyone needs to be working together on the same page. Like these option routes, AB will run in and Tom Brady throws a deep and interception. Ruins a drive, ruins a potential score. I mean, when we're inside the, the five or 10, there ain't no damn way anyone should stop us, to be honest. So right. I do agree with you in that standpoint. But 
to me, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's always on coaching or always on the player. It's a marriage of both. And they got to, they got to figure it out. I mean, they figured it out in the, in the playoffs where you run more, it's going to help pass more on first down, add some more play action. Coaching's going to add to that. Maybe it's Brady making calls at the line. We don't necessarily know. No one knows and, unless it's Tom Brady and BA, BA and Leftwich. Those are the only three that really know what's going on. But from our standpoint, now analyzing it, I mean, there's guys running open. There is. There's people are open. Tom yeah. Brady sometimes misses them, sometimes finds a shorter, easier option. But the thing is, it's execution. If, if he wasn't the first read, okay, that's not on Tom Brady's fault. You can't expect him to hit it every time. People got pissed at Winston for that. I'm not going to get totally mad. It's more reading at the field what you see with your reads. I, I still think it's just them executing their plan. Because there's there's times where people are open or someone drops something or it's a flag or stupid mistake by us. It's never really the other team. It's usually a Buccaneer shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, Bugs beating Bugs, which Levante David said that's that's old, like the – like the butterfly, he said, that's old. That's not something that's supposed to be happening. Um, but, you know, but again, man, just, just kind of going back to that, that point. Again, I, I completely understand what, you, what you're saying, too, as your counterpoint. Uh, but just record-wise, it's, it's something, I think, that, that deserves to get looked at. The I, Our offense struggles mightily against average, just the average defense, like ranked 16 to whatever, or 17, whatever. And I think that's a problem because if it feels like if we don't win the arms race, in which we always should win the arms race. Again, we got Tom Brady. We got a damn good offensive line. We got really, yeah, <laughs> have that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. We have a damn good offensive line. <laughs> and and uh, you know we got Mike Evans for the fifth time I've said his name. Chris Godwin. You got OJ Howard who is. Not utilized, I don't think the way he can be. You got great. We should be, we win the arms race. There's no team, there's no defense, or very few defenses who should be able to match up with our guys. So, offensively, I think that with a bit more tact, with a bit more of a better game plan, I think that what that's what take the Bucks offense to actually being good. And again, I relate this to you know, previous offenses who have been high-powered offenses or, re, or regardless of high-powered offenses. They've been able, they were able to do what they do and, and be tactful and score a lot of points and be an, an exciting offense regardless of who they played. Like regardless if they play like a top 15, a top 10, a top 5 defense, they've been able to go on and look exciting and look good in big games and put up a lot of points. Our Tampa Bay Buccaneers to this very moment have not done that. Whether it's a primetime game or not, anytime that we've played a defense that was worth a damn, we faulted big time, at least for 60% of the game, which you can't do in the NFL. It's it's just a concern with my and again, we started this conversation about in you know being in the bye and coming up yeah. after the bye. Again, we have four teams that right now have a top 10 defense that can cause trouble for our Buccaneers. And I think I think that's something that fans need to be wary of. Again, we have a defense that's coming up, you know, and trying to get healthy off of, you know, a bunch of injuries and so forth to to some major starters, Sean Murphy Bunning and, and Carlton Davis and others, and even Levante David, who is working himself back into play. Uh, those are concerns too, but I, I more than anything right now, man. I'm 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 excited to see our defense. I'm sorry, see our offense try to rise to the challenge and, and prove me wrong. I'm excited to see Byron Leftwich actually get his name out there and and actually play well or you know coach well and scheme well against you know some of these high powered defenses that can cause trouble for the Bucks. Same thing with Arians. I'm excited to see it, but it's but as of right now, it's, it's a little bit of a little bit of concern with me going forward for this season. Well, I'll, I'll say this to end the offensive talk. I mean, point blank, they have all the weapons. They have everything you need. They have the best QB, great O-line, the best weapons you can ask for. So they need to put up numbers. And there's no excuses. Don't talk to me about execution. You're, you've gone past the midway point. You've got the buy to talk about it. Now execute. That's all you got to worry about. And that kind of brings me to the next point. 
which is the defense. So I look at some of the, the comments in the chat. I know your stance is on the defense, but let's see what some other people say about it. It would help if our defense wasn't horrible to take pressure off the offense. So we're playing blame on the defense while the offense is suffering. I don't, okay, keep going. Sean also said, at a, a almost 45-year-old can only do so much. You ask him to throw the ball that much while your defense is getting shredded, eventually something bad will happen. Uh, and then he just said, it didn't look like that against the Saints, stuff like that. But he's kind of saying the point that our defense is making our offense look bad. What What is your take on that? Yeah, so let me just go ahead and say this. And you you probably – you can probably guess where I'm going with this. But we've yeah. – I've had this conversation with fellow Bucks fans and followers for the last five years when we talk about, you know, what the quarterback can do and what the quarterback's required to do and how the defense – the defense has to almost be perfect to make up for what the offense does. For some reason – especially in our fan base, complimentary football only counts when it's the defense bailing out the offense. Yeah. The defense is shorthanded with injuries all over the place. The defense has their issues. Somehow that it doesn't work when it doesn't work the opposite way. When the defense is struggling, the offense makes up for it. It doesn't make sense to me. Like I don't understand how football fans in general can be more upset about the defense allowing the opposition to score more than they can be upset about the offense, not being able to move the ball when all the rules are shifted to make the offense score so many points and move the ball so easily. Uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, just Tom Brady played bad enough to lose that last game. There's no way around it. He played bad enough to – we can look at the score, we can look at the stats, we can say how many times he threw the ball, how many yards he had, how many touchdowns he had. I've had this conversation again with Bucks fans for the past five years. Those are empty stats if you're not looking at the game. Those are like empty calories. <laughs> you, saw, you saw that man throw inexplicable an inexplicable pick six to end the game. You saw him throw a, a, an interception, even though it was a good play by the – I think it was a pretty okay defensive play to throw the first interception. Yeah. And then you saw him throw – you, you saw him – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was holding him, in my opinion, but I, it is I thought it is. so too. And, again, I, I was at that game, and I think you – I think you saw the clip of the game the, – the, the video I have of that first interception. It was definitely – I thought it was holding. Yeah. 100%. And I was screaming hold the entire time. <laughs> I was at that game watching it from the side, and I'm like, yo, that's – like, where's the flag? Anyway, we didn't get the call. It was called an interception. Uh, that was one of two. And then you had had the fumble as well. I mean, Tom Brady was here, was brought here to finish the kind of games like that. He, we brought him in to, you know, to be able to rely on him on those last-minute drives. And by the way, if you look at Tom Brady and the last-minute drive opportunities he's had since he's been in Tampa, he's failed on all of them. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah going, back Bears, to, going back to last year. The Bears, the Rams. Uh, do we have a chance against the Chiefs too? So on the last minute drives, Tom Brady. I think Tom. I, I may be wrong. He may have gotten one, but was it the Bears? No, Tom Brady on the last minute drives. Tom Brady has not come through on, on any of them, to my knowledge. I'm trying to, yeah, because I remember the, the the four about the the break pass against the Bears. The Rams. He threw an interception. Threw an interception. Yeah, you're. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, he's got to make up for that. I'm trying to remember any other game where he kind of came back and won. I mean, I guess the Cowboys came back, drove it, and kicked the field goal. Yeah. Again, this ain't to, this is not to pinpoint or not to pin anything on Tom Brady as if he's not been the great quarterback he's been his oh, yeah. career. Oh. But Tom, again, Tom. I mean, you we can't throw a caveat on his age. We can't throw a caveat. <laughs> On how many times he threw the ball. He had to throw that ball that many times because he gave the ball up. This goes back to, again, the previous conversation we had with like the previous quarterback. You get so many opportunities when you give the ball away. That means you have to throw the ball more because you gave the ball away on your previous time. That's three more times you have to throw the ball every time you give the ball away. They said Patriots too and Cowboys. Yeah, but a lot of what we talk about here, it's – 11 working as one. It's not just 11 on the offense or 11 on defense. You got to work all together. It's coaching right. players and offensive defense working in unison. 
You get an interception inside the 20, you better score a damn touchdown. You better not fumble it again and give it back to the other team. So you got to work together to for one common goal, which is winning the game or scoring points. And the, like back in the 90s, our defense was phenomenal. Our offense sucked. And it, it literally had to hope for an interception for a touchdown or a sack strip fumble for a touchdown. Now it's flipped, and people still expect the defense to be the best of the best. They they do put up their damn numbers. They get there. They're just not getting interceptions and sacks like people want them to. Yes. I still think, I mean, given this second half of the season, with injuries, people coming back off the IR and we're getting healthy, working in unison again, I mean, Antoine Winfield, just get healthy. Let's see what he can do. I mean, that dude, I feel like he's just scratching the surface of, like, picks all over the place and making big impactful plays we just got to stay on the damn field yeah and he almost came with came up with a big play in the last game too man he almost got came away with another interception and so forth and again anybody who's correcting in the uh i'm not looking at the chat but if you correct me in the chat absolutely cool man if you you know if i if i'm off on tom brady's or whoever's numbers when it comes to those last men i think some i think someone pulled uh I think someone said that he led the last drive on the against the Cowboys, yeah, and the last drive against the the Patriots. Is that right? Yeah. Oh no, actually no. That he did. Then Mac Jones led them down the field, and the guy just missed the, the kick. But either way, Brady led us to win the game. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. But the Cowboys won for sure. Is I mean that's going all the way down, running the clock out. Yeah, Chris Godwin. That that was a perfectly executed drive. Absolutely, that's yeah, me. Yeah, you and I were there for that game, and that feeling in that stadium was that was an exciting game to kick off the year, man. It was uh, yeah, that, that was an amazing game to be in. If you, fellow Bucks fans, you didn't make it to that game, man. You you that was a classic game to be in attendance for. Uh, to start off with the Super Bowl celebration and so forth and then going to that game that game was probably too exciting for a lot of us because god damn it that was i'm sorry for the lame awesome. apologize but that was, that was that was one but yeah that, again tom brady is capable of being exactly that that guy that 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 mythical creature that that quarterback that can lead you to a to a game i'm sorry to a game winning drive so well, he's capable of doing that we've seen him do it again just for the most of the time that he's been in Tampa, it, it didn't happen, and it didn't happen in the last game. But you don't give up on on him, and and you don't you don't just blame losses on one player, and 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 he's one of those players that you should be able to trust, and so forth. Uh, but defensively, I think we were talking defensively, man. Yeah. Again, soon as he's, soon as we get Carlton Davis back on the field, our number one cornerback. Soon as we get our backup to our number one cornerback, who would be Richard Sherman. Once you get him back on the field and we get Sean Murphy Bunning and all these other guys, I, I I think the defense is going to be in a good place. I really do. We haven't gotten, like you said, we hadn't gotten the numbers on the first half of the season that, that kind of stand out to be a, a top-tier defense when it comes to sacks and or interceptions or what have you. But they've been getting close. They've been getting close to a limit pressuring quarterbacks left and right. Uh, the the picks haven't come and a lot of the sacks haven't come just yet. Yeah, I mean – to me, yeah, get get them on the field, and people will say that's an excuse. You're you're handicapped with what you have, and the defensive play caller has to make adjustments mm-hmm. for their weaknesses. And that whether it is dropping back more in his zone, you'll get mad. Why the hell are they dropping back so much? Because of the liability you have sometimes in your pass coverage guys. And then why are we sending everyone in? Because we can't cover for that long. So you gotta you can't get mad at every little thing. And I mean, they're doing things to hide weaknesses because the offense is exploiting it. So they're not dumb that they get paid millions of dollars to do all this. So it's just like, it comes out of execution again. I mean, if you're just that close, I mean, the Ross Cockrell that he gave up that first touchdown to Jameis, Jameis got leveled on the throw and it just happened to be a perfect throw right where Ross Cockrell couldn't get. And I mean, I can't even get mad at him. It was a hell of a throw and he just missed it. I mean, yeah. can't get mad at a perfect throw, even though the guy got leveled. So, right. Now, uh, so my question to you, you've seen the defense. You've seen how, how they've gone from last season to this season, uh, being challenged with the injuries and so forth. What has been your reaction to other fans' reactions, if you've seen such, when it comes to the uh, the playing zone so much, which, again, was a complaint that we got a lot from a lot of fans last year. What has been your 
what has been your reaction to seeing those complaints or not complaints, but you've been seeing that being pointed out as much this season as it was last season? That we're playing more zone. Yeah, you see, I, I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of reaction from fans, or I see a lot of reaction from fans who have a strong opinion about playing about the defense, the secondary playing off coverage yeah. more uh, than they have in the past, and how you know not being able to put, come away with interceptions and so forth. Have you seen the same, or has it been different from what you've uh, you've kind of seen from other fans? I mean, I'll say this: that they're doing what they're being asked to do and it's just they're so close to actually getting the good things yeah when they're playing off they're giving up the yards and the teams are just taking it i mean the teams that exploited it a lot were dallas and the rams we almost lost those two games exploited a lot la primarily but the thing was they got away with a lot of penalties too like the la did so many pick plays i I got pissed off at it but i mean are they running more zone i don't necessarily think so i think they're just getting caught more when they're in zone. When a, a team sees that, they're playing off, they're just taking that because that's what beat us last year against the Bears. Like, all they did is dump it down. Why the hell force something into a position where you're going to get probably sacked by Devin White coming right up the middle? And that kind of brings me to this point. G Vegas saying, like, Devin White has regressed this year and needs to make more splash plays. And then just the, the more Joe Tryon, Shoinka. I mean, Devin White, to, to me, he has improved. I know a lot of people are saying regress just because you don't see the sacks or the interceptions, but you don't see him doing spins in the middle of the field like an idiot. Like I did see last year. There's times where I was like, well, he doesn't know where the hell he's at. I think he has a concussion. No, he's on. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's some parts where I was like, what the hell is he doing? Like kind of like what Kevin Minter does at times, just going total opposite wrong direction. Devin Wayne's not necessarily doing that. And he's actually playing sound football. He's just making up for, Areas where if Levante was next to him, he tried to do too, too much. Can't do that. Can't play Superman ball. We learned that with Jameis. So I think he's playing within the system. It's just we need everything to work together. And having Levante next to you instead of Kevin Minter is huge. And do I want to see more Joe Tryon, Sharinka? Absolutely. But I can see why they don't because JPP is still producing. They just they got to work him in a little bit more, though, to me. I mean, that I don't know what your opinion is on that, but he's just – a thoroughbred, and you gotta let him run. I, I'm so on board with seeing more Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, man. Um, it was funny. Bruce Arians was like, "Yeah, I'd like to see more of him." I'm like, "Well, damn it, ain't you the coach? Don't you have a, don't you have a say so in some of this stuff, man? Don't you? Don't you can that? you not say? Can you not say I'd like to see him in a private meeting with your head, your defensive coordinator, whatever? But no, man. Um, yeah, I understand to a certain degree that. You know, they, they want to keep Pierre Paul happy and Pierre Paul, you know, get him work back in, into his, his shape and keep him in a rhythm. But you got to save players from themselves sometimes, man. You just have to. Uh, Shaq Barrett, you know, Shaq Barrett is another is another dude who don't want to come off the field. Yeah. I think all those guys would still appreciate being able to have a Troy – uh, a Joe Tryon, Shoyinka being able to to come in there and spell them for a play or three and just and make something happen because you can and he's got talent. Uh, I remember right before the New England game, I'm like, yo, with Pierre Paul out, Troy Shoyinka, he, he's going to go in there, he's going to make some noise. Sure enough, he go in there and he get his first two sacks of the season of his career. Uh, the dude is talented. You got to find it. You got to get him on the field some way somehow. And you know we have seen him get in and some pretty exotic looks from uh, from Todd Bowles, and, and it's been exciting to see it. But you just gotta have more. You you just gotta be able to to find a way to get him in. Um, just jumping back to Devin White, I don't know if a lot of people remember this, but Devin White got a little quiet in the first half of the season last year. Devin White didn't turn it up until the last. Uh, he didn't he didn't become noticeable or his big noticeable until like the last. Uh, four or five weeks in the season last year. He he was quiet for a good bit of, of the season. And I think it's I think it's important to also point out that this is his third year. This dude is he he's not reached his final form. This cat is still learning. He he, he was he was moving a little bit slow in his second year last year and then he ramped it up and you saw what happened with him in the playoffs. Um every player is not going to be at a hundred from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. 
especially when you have circumstances around you that includes having your best player or your best teammate for him not being on the field in Levante David. Um, and then again, also with the other surrounding injuries, there's certain things that you can't do when you don't have your starting cornerbacks on the field or at least start a level cornerbacks on the field with you. So we can't put that pressure on the second. We can't put that pressure on wide receivers and then put the linebackers in a position where they can go rush the quarterback because they have to drop back in coverage more. That's just the circumstances that they play with. And that's what he's been able to do. Like, like you said, Mark, he had, he's been asked to do what he's been asked to do. And he, and he's done it relatively well. Is he the best cover linebacker in the league? Nah, but he, he's working on it. He said he's working on it the entire offseason. I believe him. Um, it's just he, he hasn't had the opportunities so far. I think he'll make the best of them when he gets to him. But right now, he, he's just he's just playing his role. And then right now, he's not playing out of position. And he's not playing himself out of plays, which is most, most important for me. This is one big point, too, because a lot of people, this plays into Devin White and what people are saying, like, our secondary can't cover. So we mentioned this before the live stream. The Chiefs are getting called out in their 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 offensive scheme because everyone's just doing what the Bucs did in the Super Bowl. Just play too right. high deep and let them do anything underneath and let's see if they can win that way. Let them try and run the ball. Let's see if they can win that way. And they're losing because people are calling them out on it. Same thing with the Bucs. I mean, the Buck. do you think anyone wants Devin White teeing off in the A-gap right after your ass? No, so the ball's coming out faster. Devin White, if he's blitzing the A-gap, it's coming out too fast and he's not getting a number. Or they're doing quick what? Dump off to the flats where one of our big ass defensive end linebackers like JVP, Anthony Nelson have to cover in space. That's a mismatch. If you have a running back or a wide receiver against that mismatch, teams aren't stupid. It, we dominated with a gap blitzes, blitz, 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 get the ball out faster. And Devin White doesn't get numbers. Don't throw in the middle of the field. Don't run the ball because you can't run against the Bucks. That's where he gets a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would you do that? You're running right. into our strength. No one's going to do that. So they're throwing these quick dumps off to the side, attacking our so corners are pushed off deep. Again, they're they're being asked to do that, and they come in and run support later. So it's a lot of both. Like play calling's got to play into that, and then the secondary players once it gets dumped off, make it a minimal gain. Don't let it break and go for ten to fifteen. So it's execution, but it's also play calling. So guys. See it that way. That's why Devin White's not getting that many numbers. No one's even trying to run the ball. I don't think the Patriots even tried. So, right. I mean, that's just part of it. Part of numbers because other teams are doing something to get away from our strengths. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you, man. Um, and that, it, what are you saying about what the opposition has been doing all season long? Every team has been trying to live off of screen plays and quick dumps off on the Bucks defense all season long. Um, the when Cowboys had the Cowboys had relative good success in Week One. I mean, they've got damn good players. They got Zeke, and they got uh, you know, and they got some some damn good wide receivers and so forth that were able to do some stuff. But yeah, Gallup, they got they're loaded. They got three just as much as we do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man. It, it's again, it's just the circumstances, and and I don't care about individual numbers when it comes to anybody on this team offensively or or defensively if they don't play themselves out of plays and they don't give up a bunch of big plays i'm good with all of it uh but also to your point when it comes to teams getting those getting the ball out fast and and being it up and then ended up being up to our corners or whoever it is to make the tackle that's been a struggle but then yeah. again i want everybody to again just understand we are playing we what we played most of our season so far the first half with our third string <laughs> cornerbacks third yeah. Jamel Dean has been the only guy who could have been a two when it comes to the cornerback Ross Cockrell was not a uh yeah Ross Ross Cockrell wasn't going to be a, a, a first or second string cornerback um he wasn't even a corner to be no, honest he moved, moved to safety <laughs> right so and and again, I, I just revisiting again that that pat that previous game. I it took me, it took me three four days later to go back and watch that game and see how and or just understand and realize just how how many tackles or how many yards that team got, that team from New Orleans got after the catch. And I was like, damn. So I mean, I really now I really 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 understand why people you know were going crazy about the the missed tackles or the, you know 
or not being able to get get those uh, immediate tackles after the catch. Um, but it, it was rough to watch, and, and it's been that way a lot of the season. Again, we're dealing with our third-string cornerbacks or third- and second-string cornerbacks trying to make tackles and so forth. They should be able to do it because they're the NFL level, but I give them just a little bit of leeway because they're not the best of our best and not even close to being our best. I mean, but people expect the best. <laughs> I mean, they're still professionals. It is what it is. Right. They're professionals. They should be able to, they should be able to tackle on a freaking NFL level since they're in the NFL. Um, and it's inexcusable to, to give up so many yards after the catch. Uh, but again, I just give them just the smallest bit of leeway because again, they, they shouldn't even be touching the field and in best case scenario, or even second base scenario, scenario, they wouldn't be, wouldn't be on the field and be in a position. That is true, though. I mean, but Curlin's got a good point. Don't forget, y'all, hit that like button. Help support the channel. We're trying to give you some good content here and taking any questions you guys have or discussions. But uh, let's actually go over here. This is a good point by G Vegas. Got to remember these defenses now have to contend with crowds. When opposing offenses make a big play or first down, the offense has more juice against the defense. That is something they didn't have to worry about last year. True. Right. Sure. And I was telling you, I was at that game in New Orleans and I swear to Moses, sweet <laughs> goodness, man, that was the loudest. That was the loudest experience of any stadium I've ever been in for any event. Like um, I have video of it, man. I have video of like the the big plays they made, the third downs, the the interceptions and so forth. Man, I mean, that crowd was so damn loud. Um, I think I think the Bucks ended up going into a, a silent count pretty early in that game, and and whew, it was rough. And that's a great point too by by uh, in the uh, in the comment section at G Vegas. That I mean that is a great point that the defense, you know, having to deal with the crowds or in the offense. I mean, the offense has to deal with it as well. But I mean, you got to push through it. You, I mean, it's not the first year that people had to had to you know fight against the crowd. That's that's just the NFL actual pro sports level, even in college, you have to deal with as much noise, if not, uh, if not more. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And, and, and it, it is a great point, but it is a part of the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's maybe something they just got to get used to again. But yeah, could be. It is. I mean, hey, they played with the crowd noise in the Super Bowl. So if you can do the crowd noise in the Super Bowl, you better contend with everyone else, too. Yeah. But uh, I wanted before we. Still got like four more minutes here. I want to just touch on all the last games we have. And I guess one other thing that I said before the, the live stream, I'm happy about to me at six and two where the bucks are right now. I'm, I'm knocking on wood, but still, I think that NFC South is kind of wrapped up the trajectory of the saints are going down. They lost Jameis who technically from some people is still a backup, but they lost <laughs> the Saints starter yep. and they, they lost to the Falcons. We're still below there. So let these guys scrap it out. But I still think the Bucs are the perennial winner for the NFC South uh, division. And it's just going to be what happens to get a bye. I mean, the Cardinals are hot and running. The Rams lost to the Titans, but still 7-2. to And there's there's some other great teams. Packers only lost because Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Don't even talk to me about vaccinations. But <laughs> that's a whole other subject. But, uh, I mean, realistically, the Bucs can go – on a run, I still think the NFC South is well within reach of, for the Buccaneers. But uh, what is your take on that? I after <laughs> Sunday, man. If any, if any Philip Bucks fans watched the game, watched the games plural Sunday, it's literally anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um, as far as wrapping up the NFC South, I think. The Bucks, I think the Bucks take the NFC South. I think the Bucks continue to to uh, to do what they should do and beat the teams they should be able to beat, and they actually make they make their run, like you said. Um, the other teams in the NFC South, I don't, I uh, I would not be surprised one bit if Atlanta ends up being number two. Yeah. Um, I think they right now in the in the whole if the season ended today, the Bucks would have I'm sorry, the Bucks with the NFC South would have three teams in the in the freaking playoffs if the season ended today. The Bucks, the Saints, and the Falcons. Um so I mean that that's kind of that's kind of weird to see. Um, especially coming back from the 
time that, you know, five years or so ago, we were like the toughest division in football based on our quarterback situations with all the teams. Um, but no, I think the Bucks still make that push. I think the Bucks still make the playoffs and uh that 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 fight for that bye week, that that fight for that for that first round bye is gonna be something else, man. The Cardinals have been have been relatively have been good and been relatively fortunate to put on the performance that they put on uh Sunday missing Kyler Murray and missing uh um uh, Hopkins. So I mean they put on a hell of a performance missing those guys and, and they're gonna be tough to stop, man. But I think the Bucks can. I think the Bucks can continue to play well and 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 again prove myself wrong, prove me wrong, and some other people wrong, and have that offense be the scariest thing in the NFL, and the defense just kind of keep keep lockstep and and just continue to to be good there. I mean, that's just something that I kind of said it. No, no more excuses. The offense has to be what the offense is capable of. And I said at the beginning of the year. I thought the offense should be the one carrying the defense, to be honest. Last year, I thought it was going to be the other way around. They let the offense slowly come together until they figure it out. They should have already figured this shit out. They had everything running. They had a training camp. They had preseason games. They, they had everything ready. Yeah. Why, why is there still times where it's, oh, hiccup, 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 mess up. Oh, well, but then we come back. We come back. Yeah, some games we show it against the Falcons where we dominated. Miami, we dominated against the Eagles for – Again, a certain portion of the game dominated. And then they off the gas. I don't want to see no more letting off the gas. Pedal to the metal and beat the shit out of teams like he should. I mean, they did it for the, against the Saints, certain parts of the game. I don't want to see certain parts. I want to see four quarters of just total domination from the offense. Don't let the other, let the other team beat you if you can. Don't beat yourself. That's the biggest takeaway I'm going to give you. Yeah, and again, just to tack on to that again, also reiterating something that I said, those teams that you mentioned and those performances you mentioned, those teams with defenses that are subpar, not not subpar, but they're not even average defenses. You know, as soon as we got an average defense, uh, our offense just kind of looks like, you know, we just kind of lined up and see what happens. That's that's something that you and I don't want to see anymore. But again, I don't think you and I are foolish enough to believe that any team, including ours, our favorite team, can just go up and down the field and score on every single drive. It's not even about scoring on every single drive. It's about being able to move the ball and be productive rather than coming out and going three and out, coming out and punting on five plays and not even making it to field goal range or making it to the 50-yard line or past the 50-yard line. That is something that this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team should not be getting accustomed to, which is what they have done in the past two seasons. It should not be that way. This team has far too much talent, far too much potential. And I understand people think that it's complaining six and two better than we've ever been. Yada, yada, yada. We've never been in a position where we've had the best or the most loaded roster offensively or defensively in the league. And we have that. And we should be showing that against every team that we face and not just a lower tier bottom barrel teams we should not be that we should not expect that and we honestly shouldn't accept it we should demand more we have more we should do more we know better we should do better i love that the momentum of the way you were saying all that <laughs> and it's so true though it is the god honest truth i mean the offense just needs to carry the defense even though our defense could literally carry the, the team itself especially with with the health coming back everyone coming back i mean other than that Moving forward, Bucks fans, just enjoy the ride. We want to see the execution happen. Offense putting up historic numbers. Everyone's like, oh, don't worry. We're putting up big numbers. I hope so. If we have an extra game that we can add numbers to, we better be putting up historic numbers. And it, it's and we better with the amount of talent we have. And we're just beating a dead horse now. But other than that, guys, thank you for the show. Robert, let everyone know where they can find you, where they can find your work, where you're going to be talking your Bucks football content. Let them know. Indeed, man. First and foremost, I appreciate you inviting me on once again. Uh, thank you. Um, you can find me on Twitter, two different profiles. One, Robert Green, at Robert Green on Twitter. Uh, I'm talking Buccaneers football there, as well as other stuff, including MMA and music and so forth. Uh, the other tag that you can find me on is at Outside Leverage, OutsideLeverage.com as well. Buccaneers. Fan-driven 
commentary on the Bucks, everything Bucks. Uh, you can find me there as well. Again, outsideleverage.com and outside leverage on Twitter. Mark, I thank you for inviting me on. Plus, you can stay in Arizona if you need <laughs> to. It's fine. I fill in, whatever. Uh, but now again, I appreciate you guys and your work, man. And I thank you and fellow Bucks fans. This is going to be a hell of a good time uh, going to the second half. Just uh, just always pay attention to what's happening and don't read just the headlines. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of ins and outs going on in the games and so forth. Pay attention to all of it and not just these common narratives, man. Take a deep, take a deep, take a deep look. Do what Mark and my plus have been doing and just, you know, Take a look at what's going on with these bucks and, and keep keep a lookout on our real bucks talk and you'll find out exactly what's going on. Hell yeah. Thanks for that, Robert. And I also want to give a thanks to everyone in the, in the chat and everyone who always gives their opinions and comments and just wants to add to the show. We really appreciate all of y'all. Robert, again, thank you for coming on last minute notice because plus it is hightailing ass in Arizona. <laughs> but on that, guys, thank you again. And with that said, until the next one, go bucks. <laughs>